Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. You want to go ahead and open your Bibles up to Luke chapter 24. That's where we're going to be at this morning. We started a little series last week called This Changes Everything, and really excited about that. So it's like last week was Easter, Resurrection Sunday, but we're going to keep that going and keep telling a few resurrection stories during the course of the next few weeks. And today we're talking about resurrection and the journey, and we're going to be looking at the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And I just want to ask right here at the start, does, does anyone need a new start? Does anyone need a, a new beginning? Well, I mean, that's exactly what happens at Easter. That's exactly what happens in the resurrection. Jesus is bringing new creation into our world right now. He's making us new, and he's ultimately making all things new. The earth itself is groaning for us to be revealed as the sons and daughters of God. And I just totally am excited about that and want to be so much a part of that. Now, the thing is, maybe you're just new in the journey, and I want to encourage you. If you're new following Jesus or just considering that, I want to encourage you. There's nothing like following Him. It's just, it's great. And maybe you've been following Him for a long time, or maybe you're somewhere in the middle. You know, what we're called to do is be disciples, to be followers. And I just want to encourage you on that. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not just a decision you made somewhere back in there or you got baptized somewhere back in there. It's an ongoing day-by-day journey. It's down the road of life. 273 times in the New Testament, we are called disciples. Disciples. Disciples are ones who train and are disciplined in the way of following their master. So 273 times we're called disciples, but only three times we're called Christians. So don't, we don't want to uh, empty even being called a Christian of its meaning. Its meaning is to be on the road with Jesus, be followers of Jesus Christ. And let me say it this way. Jesus is always smiling at us, and if we're sitting at a table with him, he's like sliding the invitation across the table to us, and we open it up, and it always says the same two words, follow me. That's it. I mean, he, he loves us, and it, but our very best is going to be found in following him. Um, now, I will say, it's hard sometimes because life is hard. Life is hard. There's challenges. There's trials. There's misunderstandings. There's sufferings that we go through. And being a disciple is becoming aware of God's presence in our lives, in creation. It's, it's becoming aware and reflecting on that and thinking about that, learning the way of Jesus. And sometimes that even means unlearning some things. Sometimes it's, you must unlearn what you have learned. <laughs> I am quoting Yoda <laughs> from The Empire Strikes Back. I don't know if I've ever quoted Yoda before, but I just did. <laughs> And the point is, sometimes we think we know already, and to actually follow Jesus, we have to get with Jesus and learn his ways and his actions. And a disciple's life really is, it, it's more about a journey down a road than it is sitting in a classroom. 
It, it's like a hike, and there's trials and hard things and, and, and beauty and joy and, and hilltops and mountaintops and valleys. It's all of, all of those things. And that's, that's part of the reason that I like, this, I like this resurrection story, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, because it just seems so much like our lives, right? Can't you identify with these guys? They get down, they're on the road, they're talking, all this stuff. We're about to read the story. But I just want to say to you, this is a paradigm-level story about what it's like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I mean, there's things that happen in here that we need to remember in an ongoing way. This is how you live the life out. And we're going to talk about that this morning. So the main thing, the sermon and the soundbite, the main thing this morning is Jesus Christ, our resurrected Lord, is inviting us to know, experience, love, and walk with Him in the everyday journey of life. So that's what we want to do. Let's read the passage together, and I'll make a few observations, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up with a challenge to go and live it, right? Say, okay, so here we go. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now that same day, this is the, the resurrection morning, that same day, Two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what were you discussing as you walk along? They stood still, their faces down, downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a, a prophet, powerful in the word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is now the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not find. They didn't see. So he said to them, How foolish you are and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them all that was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening and the day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Then they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. And there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together saying, it's true. The Lord is risen and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So what we're going to do here is we're going to look to the risen Christ 
in some different ways that he is revealing himself on this journey with them. And so the first thing is we want to talk about is we're looking to the risen Christ in the Scriptures. In the Scriptures. So there in verse 25, how foolish you are, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his, his glory? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them in what was said in all the Scriptures concerning himself. Wow, what a sermon, right? And it's powerful. This, this takes a lifetime. Like you don't just kind of get this figured out and then move on with the next thing. We're always looking in the Scriptures through the lens of Jesus and letting Him explain what this is all about to us. It's what you do, and it's how you do it. You know, this past week, I was experiencing some spiritual battles, and some of it's probably COVID-related, just isolation, and I had gotten down about some things and almost depressed feeling, and, and there was some suffering stuff that I was, I was feeling and just kind of pressing on and trying to endure and keep going, you know, and, and I wasn't having a breakthrough. I was praying about it. I was seeking the Lord. And then I started reading this passage, and I read, and it's, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but it's like you read a passage, and all of a sudden it lights up. And that's what happened when I read, did not the Christ have to suffer these things? And it just, and it was like the Lord spoke to me in that moment, and I realized I'm following the suffering Savior. And it just, it just, everything made sense. It's like, oh yeah, I'm following Jesus, and following Jesus means there, it's the way of the cross. And there are sufferings on this journey. And then all the suffering passages started again just flooding my mind again and again. Like Paul saying, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings. And then in that whole process to attain resurrection myself, you know, it just, it was like God was speaking to me and, and the burden lifted. Just there's something about us knowing that there is suffering on the way and that we're following the Lord who suffered before us. And, and there's, there's joy on the other side, you know, for the joy set before him, he endured the sufferings of the cross. And so it's like, wow, you know, you can start with this passage or you can start with all, all kinds of other passages, but say, just say in your heart, just, Jesus, would you show yourself to me? Would you reveal yourself to me as I read this passage? And that's how we do it. I mean, because honestly, there are so many people who love Jesus, who, who love God, who are trying to follow the Bible and see things in so many different ways, so many different interpretations. And the Spirit of Jesus Christ is really the only way we can really get there together. Just think about it. Jesus spoke in Aramaic. It was written down in Greek. It's now translated into English 2,000 years later. We need the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of Jesus Christ to help us read the Scriptures in the right way. And that's, what, that's the paradigm here that he says he explained to them what was said in all the Scriptures concerning himself. He is the lens through which we look at Scripture and understand in the right way, in the best way that we can on the journey. That's how, we, that's how we don't mess up and take a passage, a Bible verse, and then hit somebody over the head with it or even, even kill somebody with it. It's because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. His kingdom is one that comes to bring peace. It's ultimately going to be peace. And that's just one example, but 
That's why we look through the lens of Jesus. Yeah. Okay? So the second one, we're looking to the risen Christ in the Scriptures, but the second piece there, we're looking to the risen Christ on the road, just as we go on the journey. I'll just right there at the start, that same day, two of them were going just on their way to Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that happened. So as we're on the road, we're talking. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. What are you talking about as you walk along? So one of the things here is that we recognize we look to Jesus, the risen Christ, as we're going through our journey, on the road, in the car, going to wherever, going to the grocery store, going to work, on our journey. Whatever we're doing, we're looking to Jesus. Now, a couple things here about these disciples was that, one, they didn't realize that Jesus was actually with them. And two, they think that the story was going in a different direction when it was actually going over this way. They think it was one thing, but it was something different. And so there's something there for us in both instances. For us, we need to just say, He's always with us. He's always there. He's holding all things together by the word of His power. It's not like you can really get away from Him. In fact, you know, He promises the disciples on the, on the day when the Spirit's poured out, you realize I'm in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Now just think about that. You know, Christ in you is the hope of everything being made right. The hope of glory is the way Paul says that. So he's there, you know. And so as we're on the road, recognizing that he's there with us is so important. But our challenge is distraction. We live in the land of a thousand distractions and choices, and the battle is for our attention. I mean, it's for our attention. I, I was getting gas the other day, and now they've started doing commercials while you're getting gas, you know, fighting for my, my monetary purchasing, merchandising thoughts, you know, all, 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 the, all of that is happening. Now, just think how many conversations would be different in our lives if we realized that Jesus was really with us. How many conversations would be different? How many, how many gossip sessions wouldn't happen if I realized that Jesus was right there with me. Uh, uh, how many times I'm talking about somebody else, uh, having a negative conversation, that one that's not building somebody up or helping the people that I'm with, if I realize that Jesus is with me and I just, whoop, just stop making those comments right then and there. Wouldn't that be great? Or on the positive side, how many loving conversations, how many building others up conversations would be happening because I realize I'm on the journey and I'm, I've got Jesus with me, King of kings, Lord of lords. What would he be saying? How would he be building up the people that I'm with right now? You know, so one of the things they say there in the, those middle verses is that Jesus was a prophet. And we thought the story was that he was going to redeem Israel. So they're thinking one thing. We thought it was going to look this way, and then it happened a different way. And I just want to say, everyone, like the gospel is the story of King Jesus. It's about the reign of God coming to earth and God making all things right. And he does that through the incarnation of Jesus, God becoming flesh. His life, and his life is one visible demonstration of the gospel. 
the whole thing. It's not just a couple little points. It's the life of Jesus being expressed, making things right on earth as they are in heaven. And, and it's his death, his dying for us, and all the things we talked about last week, defeating sin and death and the devil and us being forgiven, praise God, and us dying to the old life and being raised to the new life. You know, the story encompasses all of that, even the ascension that Jesus is now in heaven. There's a man, a glorified, resurrected man in heaven. He's God also, but he's a, there's a human resurrected in heaven. It's absolutely incredible. And all of this is the gospel of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. And that's why we keep telling that story over and over and over. Because if we have too small of a story, and it's just kind of about us, you know, then we get into some funky thinking really quick, you know, and we don't realize, oh yeah, I'm a part of a bigger story. Oh yeah, I'm a part of a bigger story. And that helps me to, uh, to, to repent and to change my thinking and to get in line with the ways of God. That's why we tell this thing over and over and over because we're story people. That's how we understand life is we tell a story about I did this and I went there and I went to this place and that's how we understand life. And this is what's happening here, it's so important that we don't truncate the good news of Jesus Christ down to just, just a, a small version of what God's actually doing in the big picture, is that he is saving the entire cosmos, the entire uh, world, and our mission is to join him in making things right, that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him, and we are joining him in that process. And so we're looking for him in all of life, because he's Lord of all of life. That, that's how we're looking for him. And so even at the, at the end of this little section there in verse 29, they say, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And that word is like, stay is like remain. And that just reminds me of abide. You know, and that's what, that's really, that's how we do this on the journey is we abide in Jesus. He's with us but we, are, we, more, we practice recognizing that he's with us. That's how disciples do it. It's called practicing the presence of God. So I'm, again, just encouraging us on the journey here. So we're looking to the risen Christ in the Scriptures and on the road of life, knowing that Jesus is with us. And number three, we're looking to the risen Christ in breaking bread. Verses 30 and 31. So he stayed with them, and when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. You know, their eyes were opened in the breaking of bread and in the giving thanks. Giving thanks is it's, it's where, uh, it's the Greek word, eucharistio, and it's where we get the English word Eucharist. That's how we say communion. So it's, it's like it's, it's the Lord's Supper. It's recognizing the presence of Jesus in his body and blood symbolically in the bread and the wine uh, or the grape juice or all the different elements that you might have at home. And I encourage you guys, take communion regularly during this COVID time. And even this, I mean, this is an inspiration for sharing communion. But I, I, I want to make it broader than that. Even in the common meal, just the common meals that we have with one another, you know, let's, let's look for Jesus. 
in the breaking of bread. I mean, because we break bread a lot. And I don't know, 20 years or something, I've been, I got this revelation back in there somewhere that you see Jesus in the breaking of the bread. And it's just a great prayer. People that have been eating with me for years know that I'll pray before we eat and say, Father, we love you. And as we share this meal together, as we break bread together, we want to see Jesus. Would you reveal him to us? In Jesus' name, amen. And I don't know who all is going to pick up that prayer, but would you? Would you consider it? Would you consider it while you're eating meals with your family during this, this crisis? And maybe that would be one of the takeaways that you bring out of this time, is that, hey, we're going to look for Jesus every single time we sit down. And, and here's the way you do it. You don't just pray the prayer. You pray that prayer. That's a great prayer. But then you ask a question. And all you have to do is ask a question, and it'll change the whole meal. And it, it just works like this. Hey, what's the Lord showing you? What's fresh? Kids, what's the Lord saying to you? And I mean, even when our kids were little, remember just little, the, the guys were little, and we'd say, hey, what's the Lord saying? And, you know, Matthew's, you know, little bitty guy, and he's like, I think God told me this morning to be nice to my sister. And we're like, yes, that is a word from the Lord. Amen. You know, right? And so it just, but it changes the whole dinner, the flavor of the conversation when we start saying, what's the Lord saying? What's the Lord doing? What's he teaching you? What's fresh? And instead of just up here talking sports or whatever, it just goes meaningful and there's edification that happens and we see Jesus in the breaking of bread, breaking bread. The last piece there is that we see the risen Christ in remembering him. We look for the risen Christ in remembering him. Verse 32, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? while he talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to, him, uh, to, to us. And so we remember Jesus. We remember the encounters. Like, remembering is a big deal. It's like remembering ourselves to Jesus. It's like we're a part of him. And when we remember, you know how many times in Scripture we're told to remember? Remember, remember, remember. Put, bring these things to mind. Remember. And so it's a big deal. You know, sometimes uh, and when I read burning, we're not our hearts burning. I don't, I think that's not like dispassionate, disinterested. Um, yeah, you know, we're not our hearts burning within us, you know. I, you know, and sometimes there's a critique, you know, about being emotional. And we don't want to just be overly emotional for no reason or something. But I, I also want to say, you know, God is love. Jesus reveals the love of God on the cross. Have you ever just been meditating on the cross and, and since tears come into your eyes because you're so thankful for what Jesus did for us or that he had to do that for us? You know, it's, it's, we're not dispassionately a bunch of fact believers. You know, God is love and Jesus demonstrates the love of God for us. Um, the greatest doctrine of all in the Bible, period, is to love God and to love people. You know, so, you know, it, it's going to affect us. It, we're not unaffected by the love of God. Our hearts become inflamed with love. I mean, just imagine being married and telling your spouse, you know, uh, she's, you can't see her, but she's just over here. I, bet, I mean, can you imagine, I just want to tell you that I'm so thankful that we are married. You know, just kind of robotic, and I trust in the facts of our covenant. 
I trust in the facts that our children are born, and back in 90 and 95, they are now good kids, way to go, uh, wifey. And, um, uh, and, and I just want to continue trusting in our covenant relationship and partnership for many, many years, till the day we die. I mean, she'd be like, wah! She wouldn't actually be doing karate on me, but she would not take that. Love is a passionate thing. There's emotion that's involved in that. Burning hearts, that communicates emotion and passion, excitement, love. We're not our hearts burning when we remember the encounter with Jesus Christ. That's the way it is. That's the way it really is. And so don't, 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 don't be embarrassed about having a burning heart of passion for Jesus Christ. This is the way we actually help each other navigate. I get stirred up and encouraged when somebody does have a burning heart. It encourages my burning heart for Jesus. So we are on the road, you guys. We are on the journey. We are walking with God. We are walking with Jesus, which, by the way, pre-fall, wasn't that what Adam and Eve were doing in the garden? Walking in the cool of the day with God. And God wants to walk with us. Just like this paradigm-level story is telling us, Jesus wants to walk with us. He wants to reveal himself. He wants to show himself and break just the average, everyday stuff of being on the road, breaking bread, just remembering him, looking at him, for him in the scriptures. You guys, this is an invitation. It's just a big invite. Come on. He's sliding the, the envelope across the table saying, follow me. Come on, follow me. Let's walk together. Let's walk together. If you, if you haven't been doing it before, let's start. If you have been doing, let's, let's keep going. Let's go deeper. You know, and the road sometimes is, sometimes it's just cheery. I, I, there's been so many gray days. I don't know where you're watching this from, but here in Fort Worth, there's been some gray days lately. And so I've really been appreciating the sun, the blue sky, and we'll be on walks, and just, it's like, yes, thank you, Lord, and the green grass, and the trees, and, but, you know, some days, the road is like the, what the skies have been lately, you know, it's gray, and, and there's a sadness, or there's a heaviness, or there's an anger, or there's hurt, or there's woundedness, and all these things that get into our lives, and even in the midst of the sky being gray, He is risen, He's risen indeed. He's Lord, and He is for us. He's for us. He's for us in the morning and in the evening, in our coming and in our going. He is for us. He's so good, and that's why we need to be in the Scriptures, looking to Him, walking with Him, acknowledging His presence on the road of life. When we have meals and do the common stuff, look for Jesus, talk about Him, walk with Him, live with Him, and for him. That's the disciple word out of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. It's, it's an everyday thing, and you don't outgrow it. And even if you've learned it some way and haven't included this, there's things you must unlearn in order to really learn. Let's be disciples. Let's be disciples of Jesus together in Jesus' mighty name, right? Okay, if you would, just stand up or wherever you're at in your house. At least, at least make contact with somebody, and we're going to pray. And then we'll, I want to speak a blessing over you. So, Father, just I, I pray for those right now who are, who are saying, yes, I want to do this journey. I want to walk with Jesus. Just, it just, this, is, this is how you start. It just starts by saying yes to the Lord and yes to the journey. Lord, would you just 
meet people by the power of your spirit. Anybody that can hear my voice, would you meet with them? Would you woo their hearts, their minds, their hearts and lives, the, the, the passions? Would you redirect our attention to you, King Jesus? And Lord, we've been walking with you for a long time. God, I pray that you'd reignite the burning heart in us the burning heart, the fire of passion and love for Jesus the King. We'd say no to the things that are killing us or distracting us or wounding us or hurting us or dehumanizing us. And we would say yes to you. You are the lover of our souls and we love you, King Jesus. It's in your mighty name that we pray and say amen. No matter where you're at, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine on you. May you walk in this revelation of being disciples on the road with him. May you see him more and more in the scriptures. May you walk with him on the road. May you see him at the meals. And may you remember him with a burning heart. He loves you so much. Let's be Jesus' people today. Be blessed and go and walk in the kingdom in all things. Amen.